<laughs> it's a tangent episode. It's fine. I've been really excited about this episode today, to be totally honest with you guys. I've been really excited to just talk about whatever. I'm so pumped. Hey, race fans, as this long season winds down, we decided to take today's episode and just talk about whatever. Some things motorsport related, some things not. Like which driver paired with which celebrity would make the most exciting power couple? Or should stand-up comedians be allowed to make things up on stage? We are all over the place on this one, but it's a chance to get to know us a little better. Okay, so for this week's nonsensical episode, I, I've i heard people say that they've named their dogs or their cats or their birds or their hamsters or whatever after drivers or team principals or whatever. But what if you had to name your child or your pet after a track name? So like I've had and I have had people tell me that their dog's name is Coda short for circuit of the Americas. And I'm like, That's okay, cute. but Coda's Coda's cute, but it's also kind of already a, like a dog name <laughs> anyway. So it like, is. what are our, what are our creative dog slash cat slash child names? I mean, squeaks, squeaks could low key be a motorsport name because tires squeak. <laughs> squeaky squeaky creepy creaky and he's he's black and white and so i'm kind of just waiting for the day of somebody asking did you get him because he was black and white like a checkered flag i am i'm half expecting that to happen and it's kind of just like no i did not pick my child based off of like this random interest that i have i love it (laughs) i I looked at his little face and was like my love (laughs) you're mine come on with me had the idea of like, all right, let me look up just a list of motorsport tracks around the the world. And I started to realize that they're all basically named after their cities, unless they are specifically named after another person, which is a name that's clearly already been used by some parent in -hmm. that scenario. So it does kind of limit you there unless, you know, you you find the random one. Because like Monza, that's the name of the town, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. But also, what a cute name. I like I mean there are plenty of people that are named after places that are sure, like Paris. Like, I mean Austin London. is a place, but yeah. also a name. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? I like but the idea of naming Silverstone, but just nicknamed Silver. I had that it thought works. or Sylvie. Like Yeah. If it's a girl, Ooh. it could be Sylvie. I I thought of Silverstone and I thought that was cute. What's the one in South Africa? Kalami. Kalami. I think that's so pretty. It is. Kalami. And you could call him K or Key. I think that's cute. cute. It's more of a girl name, I feel like, than a boy name. Yeah, definitely. I I honestly just love saying the word Autodromo. Autodromo. (laughs) You call him Otto. Otto, yeah. Wait, I love that. Autodromo. That's so cute. What would be a horrible name? Oh, yeah. No, no. It'd be a horrible name, but I just love saying it. Which, <laughs> no, like... no, I was asking, like, which ones would be, like, which, oh, which ones, ones are the last ones you should choose? <laughs> Red Bull Ring? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> like, product placement central. <laughs> you have to take into consideration, it, oh, I mean, for children, not really pets, but that I know a lot of parents take 
into consideration what they will be made fun of for in oh, their you have school to. years. Yeah, one hundred percent. You have to. There 100%. are so many. Am I the butthole? Uh, things on Reddit where it's literally just parents being like, "Am I a bad parent for naming my kid this name?" Proceeds to name like one of the most bullyable names possible, and you're kind of just like, "Yes, yes." Oh my gosh! Like no. or Mike at Aston Martin, whose last name is Crack. What were his parents thinking? Um, that's my was, question. I feel like with the last name Crack, you're kind of just doomed to a certain extent. But that's also just fun to name. Crack. What branch of the military should you not join if your last name is Sample? Oh, this feels like a trick question. What do you like call a, what do you call uh, a person who's sample? in the army? All right, so in the army you would be a, a private. In yeah. um in the navy what would you be called? They're called seamen. No. In my no. in my time in the navy, I served alongside a gentleman in the IT department named Petty Officer Sample, but that's a higher rank. When he joined the Navy and I didn't know him, his rank was Seaman Sample. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But, you know, there's no way they could have known that of all the branches that he was going <laughs> to choose, that that would be the one he'd choose. I don't even know if he knew when he joined that that was going to be the result. Until oh, my God. I never asked him that. I, I should have asked him that, like, like in boot camp, did it just, or like when you were signing the paperwork, yeah. the recruiter should, <laughs> should have said something. Like, are you no. sure you don't want to, like, No, because different... the recruiter's not doing their job. If they're talking someone out of it, they're not doing their job. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could make a motorsport movie based off a real life motorsport event anywhere in history, what one would you make? Ooh. I don't want to make it, but can we all acknowledge that within the next like 10, 15 years, it's going to be an Abu Dhabi 21 film? 100%. It's going to happen. Like, that's going to happen 100%. sooner than we think. Um, yes. I'm not, I'm not going to be emotionally ready for it, but like, it'll happen. Yeah. Okay. I actually really hope, I know this is probably not like the most popular, nor should it be the next, you know, movie about like, an F1 event because I know that there are much greater events that have happened that have not been made into movie magic. But Jensen Button's Canada Drive Ooh, in the yeah. rain. I think a Jensen Button movie would do really well because he's so loved. He's obviously still alive and like would be really available to promote the movie and probably would be cool if he was in it too as a, as a character other than himself. Or play like future himself. I don't know. But I think it'd be really cool to go through that season and have it be his story and then up until or like even beyond. But the pinnacle moment moment being that drive and that race. I think that would be a really good movie. That'd be really cool. I could see a good story being like Max Verstappen's rookie year or like his first mm. two years kind of a thing. Because, again, super, super young kid, mm -hmm. super, super, like, family dynamic is there, which you always have in these movies. There'd be Plus a lot of drama. the added thing of him winning his first time that he was in that Red Bull. Like, I'm sorry, but that is, that is the moment in a movie. That is the totally. scene that you end it with. Totally. Like, that would be absolutely fantastical to just 
start it with the announcement that he's not doing F2, that he's going straight to F1, and then go, 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 go all the way until you reach his first win mm-hmm. in that Red Bull. Mm-hmm. That would, And there would be like some really good like off-track drama that they could write in as well, I feel like, if they're oh, yeah. following all of that. Because, I don't know, I think that's what made Rush so compelling for people was they did a really good job of following the on and off track story and obviously i mean the obvious answer lewis hamilton needs a movie that's obvious i think it's already gonna happen honestly like it's probably already in development and we just don't know he's cooking it yes i mean that that is when i said that the jensen button shouldn't be should not be the next one the lewis hamilton one absolutely should be the next one that's made um i think the element that he may be the first purpose-built race car driver is i mean it sounds funny but his father basically manufactured a race car driver biologically and from birth has been tuning and modifying this machine to become what he's become that i i think someone would over dramatize it but if they oh, yeah. were to try and tackle that and probably make it seem more than it is. But there, there are these stories about how he got like left at a gas station one time. I don't I, I don't know anything about it. I just remember seeing a, a blurb about that. Yes. That's like the infamous story. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it is infamous. And to be fair, <laughs> the, the added context that is always needed with that is that like, I can't remember. I've heard two versions of the story. One is where Max's dad turned around and went and grabbed him. And the other was that he dropped him off at the gas station and said, your mom is coming in the car behind us to pick you up. But in both versions of the story, there was a parent that was coming to pick him up. So it wasn't like, no, he literally just abandoned this child at a gas station. I mean, he did, but... Yeah, I think the way I understand it is it's it's actually like a combo of the stories. He dropped Mm -hmm. him off and I don't think he told him that his mom was coming. I think... When when Yoss was no. interviewed, he said that he knew that Max's mom was behind them and would see him. But then as he was driving away, I think he realized that he couldn't bank on her seeing him and turned around and yeah. got him. There, that makes sense. But still. Like, but none of it condones... <laughs> That it happened. (laughs) Okay. So my movie choice would be not F1 related, but it would be the story of Henry Smokey Eunuch from NASCAR. Mm. He's one of the famous cheaters. Or as with quite a last name. Yes. It's we'll talk about an unfortunate last name. (laughs) Y-U-N-I-C-K. So it's not spelled the way. Not what it sounded like. Anyway, he, he's this fam- notorious rule bender. Like he would find the all the ways in the rules that he could get past something. He's the so, Red Bull of NASCAR. <laughs> Very so good. he would there there was one incident where there was a limit to how much fuel you could have in the tank, right? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't any regulations surrounding how big or how long your fuel line could be. <laughs> So he fit like an extra nice. gallon or two in this crazy long fuel line. Oh my god! Brilliant! I love That's it. so smart. Um, there was People another are clever. It's great. There was another one where he, they, in order to make the car lighter, they dipped the entire frame or chassis in acid, and th- it thinned. It it basically dissolved some of it, 
so that it was ultimately lighter, but obviously weaker. And they like, when they were inspecting it, like they had to make sure that the inspector didn't like put his hand through it and like leaning on it or something oh, like that. Oh, that's amazing. Well, what a good movie. That would be a great movie. Yeah. That's Ooh. so chaotic. Next one. Ooh, F1 power couples that don't exist, but your dream oh. power couple. This was inspired by uh, Taylor Swift and... Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Travis, yes. I know there's two of the them. The other one's married, so off the oh, table. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so, but yes, I was thinking about well, it. I was like, you know, Taylor and Travis have just really taken the world by storm. And there was a time when people suspected Fernando and Taylor. What crazy power couple. And of course, you know, the Lewis Shakira rumors as well. Mm -hmm. Like what, mm -hmm. if you were putting together like your dream power couple with an F1 driver, who would you put? Ooh. Who's the female, um, who's the woman on Shark Tank uh, that has the home shopping network deal? Like she, I think it's Lori Griner. Okay. Her sure. and Zach Brown. I'm sure he's married. But. <laughs> oh, I was like, he's not a driver. I was like, who is he about to pair this woman up with? I was like, I've seen this show and I don't really feel like any of them are the driver's types. <laughs> and I, I don't think that she would date any of the guys on the grid for a multitude of reasons, but Florence Pugh being a part of any couple is yes. a real power couple. Like, yes. I, I, I love her. This. She she went to the race. She was so happy and so involved and so just like, yes. And I'm sorry, but just any reason for her to come to a race weekend more often would be phenomenal. Um, I am so on board. Yes, like, I love Florence Pugh. And I think she would be, she would be the darling of the paddock. I mean, it would be yes. un unreal. Like her also, style, everything. Like she's so a little, I don't good. I think Mick's a little too young for her. Yeah, no, um, she would not date Mick. She would eat him alive. 24, 27? Mm. Come on. I also, no. like, I also feel bad because some of these drivers are in relationships and they look really happy. So I'm like, I don't want to try to set you up with someone else because you look really happy with who you're with. And I'm sure they're wonderful <laughs> and great. And I want you to be happy. So yay. Um, what about Lewis? I feel I like think, out of all the drivers, yeah. she could date Lewis. And it would be a good match. I feel like my, in my mind, she's also just such a very smart, clever person. And a lot of the drivers on the grid, that's not their forte. They, mm -hmm. they stopped going to school in their mid-teens. And most of their recreational activities are kind of goofy, silly stuff, not really geared towards cerebral interests so that that's also yeah. where i'm was kind of just like would there actually i love her and i just would like to see her around doing more stuff but yeah there's there's very few of, of them on that point that i think would match up well with her okay to take to to play on the lewis idea and yes i am aware there is an age gap here but you want to talk about a power couple and also i'm very happy with the person that she is currently dating and I think that they are a power couple in their own right however Lewis and Zendaya would be nuts it would be so cool it and I know there's a pretty cool. big it would be there's a pretty big age gap there I know yes I know yeah I know but as we're talking about just like mindsets and like 
awareness of society and culture and the place that they have in it, I just feel like their brands would align really well. Really well. Plus, I love her. But Mm -hmm. I love Tom Holland, too. So I'm like, (gasps) I want her to be with Tom Holland forever. And I love her for them. (laughs) They just bought a house together. Yay! Rah-rah! Love that. Va-va-boom. Okay, I'm going to think. I need to to stop thinking about young people. Hold on. I I keep thinking, I keep trying to divert from singers because everyone we've listed so far, like uh, Shakira. um, Taylor. They're all, most of them are... They're singers actors and, and singers, yes. Right. And so I was like leaning towards business or politics in case of what I have up Look on at screen. You. You're so smart. I wouldn't say politics though. I feel like but you're right. I think like, you're right. What you said is like I don't think the interests would align. Yeah, no, not at all. It's it's entertainment is where that, that crossover mm-hmm. is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entertainment is where it's gonna align. That's also where like the conflict is gonna be as well of flipping scheduling. Like that's an absolute gong show. But but the plus side with actors is that they're busy for like a couple of months, but then have nothing but free time for the other chunk of it. Like that that is where logistically it makes most sense to date them. Or even with performers in general, you're working on a project and you're busy and then you're networking or planning things. And you can do that from anywhere in the world. Like realistically. Yes. That is. What about other drivers? I thought about, I thought about other drivers. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I just thought, sorry. I was like, I had to check her age first, but I checked it and it's good. It's not too much of an age gap. I, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's too much of an age gap personally. Fernando Alonso and Nastia Lucan, the Olympic gymnast, gold medal gymnast. Yes. I think that would be a super awesome power couple. Okay. Because she, her fashion game is so strong and she has a background now in broadcasting with NBC, especially when they go to the Olympics and do a lot of Olympic stuff. And I think that, I think that they would, I think that they would vibe. That could be very cool. I love how we're like only pairing with some of the older drivers and we're just completely ignoring the younger drivers. We're like, they have a lot to figure out. (laughs) Well, yes, I'm sorry, but so many of the younger drivers, I'm kind of looking at them and I'm like, I remember what my guy friends were like at that age and the vast majority of them were just off in la la land like i'm mm-hmm. sorry but a li- like two years ago i had to convince my guy friend that he should own more than a single pillow i'm dead and that having the classic navy blue like like sheets was like no we all make fun of you guys for all having the flipping matching navy blue sheets that all the single guys have they were living in prime mojo dojo casa house and now a couple Mm. years later and after incessant criticism from me he owns a house he has a lovely girlfriend and it is decorated very neat and tidily like the magic that a couple years makes the magic it does does. how old is millie how old is millie She's 19. she's 19. Oh, she's, she's she is engaged and she's getting married. Yeah, she's young. Like somebody pointed this out to me and I was kind of just like, this is wild. But she is going to be going from the time they started. Um, whatchamacallit. I'm so, that's a horrible picture of Lando Stranger Norris. Why does things? his head look I so I will square? say, um, okay, Buck, I but, think she's too mature for Lando. And I think Lando's mature, oh no, but I think she's mature. I think she's too mature for him. Mature in a different way, but from the start of Stranger Things, she's going from being a preteen 
to she's probably going to be married before they're done filming Stranger Things or done promo or done the premiere of it. So like Mm -hmm. talk about a drastic life change over the course of a series. Mm-hmm. And also, they're taking way too long to put out all of these Stranger Things, like, seasons, <laughs> quite frankly. That's the other lesson behind here. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? That and Euphoria, I'm sorry. At this point, just can it and say it's done. Because the actors they chose were already in, like, their mid-20s, the most of them, when they were playing teenagers. And now most of them are going to be, like, well into their 30s by the time they start filming season three. Like, Probably. Yeah. Oh my gosh. High school shows I, have to be tight. They do. And the hard part is is that when they're really they're really successful, they have a hard time keeping up with all of the actors and keeping them contained. But to to cap on uh Millie Bobby Brown, I think she's probably very happily engaged and I hope she marries and stays with the man that she's engaged to. And rah rah yay. I think and also, I also really like this driver's girlfriend, and I don't want them to break up. But George Russell. Yes. I was going to say, if she was going to date any of the drivers or any of the drivers going to date her, I feel like the best combo would be her with George. That's my Concur. take. Yeah, that's, that's my take. Okay. Who are we pairing Hasami Naj with? No, no, I was setting up the next topic. I know, I'm oh. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Goodness gracious. Okay, so uh, next topic. Uh, I'm, now we're getting into controversial opinion territory. Um, and not at all motorsport related, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. So Hasan Minhaj is, uh, he's both a political sort of news comedian, right? He has his new show, uh, Patriot Act, where it's all fact-based. Yeah. has been canceled. Mm-hmm. And then he also does stand-up. Now, his stand-up is storytelling stand-up, where he, he you know, weaves these long, hilarious, emotional roller coaster tales yep. growing up uh, Muslim in, in America and things like that. It recently came out in an article by The New Yorker that his stories on stage for his stand-up routine aren't 100% timeline fact factual in a sense that these things either did happen or kind of happened or happened in a different way or were reordered or facts were changed, but the overall message was there. For instance, um, there he tells a story of how a FBI informant was um, inserted into his mosque to spy on the Muslim community post 9-11. Well, he uses a news clip of a guy that wasn't that guy who was actually an FBI informant years later, but was in the news about being an FBI informant inside mosques. And he said it was that guy and not the real person that it was. He said he was turned down uh, picking up a girl on his way to go to prom. He was turned down turned away from the door by the, uh, the girl because he was Muslim. Turns out it was the mother who did that like a few days prior. So like all these things kind like they, they happened, but he, he altered particular facts to mm. fit the, the, the show and to elicit an emotional response. Um, but they weren't like outright lies. They were all based on something that really happened. He just moved things around. So I'm curious about your opinion on do stand-up comedians when they tell stories and they insert themselves in these funny stories for the stand-up comedian routine or comedy routine, sorry. Do they have to be true at all to be a funny story? Like, is it, does that bother you if you heard, found out a stand-up comedian told a 
joke that wasn't true? For me, it very much depends on the topics. I think because Hassan Minaj, so many of his are about political issues and not just his personal stuff. Like it's a story about him getting turned away for prom because of his identity, because of racism versus, oh, the mom just like was being a butthead and didn't want her daughter to date anybody. Like there's a distinct difference between these stories being political and being used to basically help support a certain narrative um, versus it just being like a funny, goofy story. And in that aspect, then I do think, you know, you do have to be very cautious about what details you change because especially because he has done those other shows that are very factual. Now, do I think that it takes away from the fact that he's a very credible person who is very well-spoken and who does a very good job at telling these stories? No. But do I think that he should be forgiven and he should just get to like move on but start doing better because people are asking him to do better? Yes. Like people are asking him to be more truthful and changing logistics behind a story. I'm not going to be too picky about that, but I I do see the point of people had been assuming he was telling 100% the truth. Yeah, I agree. I saw his comedy special that he did that was featured on Netflix and I I remember watching it. It was my first I feel like long form content that I had ever consumed of his and I had seen bits and pieces and clips of the Patriot Act and the show. And I I agree with Christina in that what is hard about his comedy style is that he'll he's very clearly telling a joke at some points. And it, it's like it's clear to everybody. Joke, joke, joke. Ha 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 ha. And then he punches you with something really serious and really dark. And it's really meant to be not a joke. And you're just kind of like, oh, and then. And then you open an envelope and white powder fell out on your daughter. I'm like, that's not funny. That's serious. That didn't happen. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like for that to be not truthful, I'm like, that's not good. So it happened, but it didn't happen. So he opened up an envelope of white powder in the apartment. The daughter was home. He altered it to be opening. It was was on her in her stroller in the lobby. I remember because it was so, it, it really stuck out to me of, what first of all how dangerous second of all who opens their mail in the lobby who doesn't wait till they get home to open the mail okay but also so there you go my man did go home and he did open it at home like a normal person but (laughs) but i feel like you shouldn't if you're gonna tell a joke and it's so clearly obviously in jest and in joke i don't mind the fudging of the facts. I, I, I don't want to say all comedians, but I just, when I watch comedy specials, I assume I'm like, okay, that's probably not how that actually happened. But the way they told it was really funny. And it was just their experience at the doctor's office. And I don't think that like nobody's hurt by them altering this story. Cause haha, so funny. But with some, with his style of comedy, I think it's a little bit dicier when he goes ha 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 serious and you're supposed to take the serious part seriously but then it's not truthful so then you can't hide behind the oh well it was just a comedy special because no you didn't deliver that like it was comedy you delivered that like it was truthful so his explanation of that is that he reordered it or re rewrote it to have it fall on his his daughter's head to elicit that emotional 
response from you, the viewer, because as a parent, whether she was in the room, in the next room, or in the stroller, you know, beneath him as he opened it, the emotional reaction he had to, oh my God, white powder has been sent to my house was the same. It didn't matter to him if she was in the room or not, or, or sitting in the stroller next to him. His emotional reaction as a parent was, oh my God, you know, this has just happened. So he wrote it that way. So to guarantee that the viewer would have the the same emotional response that he had. And to that, if that's the objective, I, I kind of have less of a problem with it, but there's some comedians were reviewing this and they had a really good point. And it, it makes, basically mirrors what you guys are saying. If you alter the truth to make it funnier, cool. If you alter the truth to make yourself a hero or a martyr, then not so cool. Yeah. And that distinction I can understand. But Hassan, in his response video to this article, he points out that like, I, I, it doesn't make him, I don't think it makes him a hero or a martyr if how he rewrote that particular joke. I think it gets the emotional gut punch that he's looking for. And he, he's trying to do exactly what you're feeling, where it's ha 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 slam. Because life can often be, you know, fun, 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 slam. And I can I can kind of sympathize with it, but it's an interesting I don't have a decision personally on this whole thing yet. But the fact like that it, there's a debate over truth and comedy is just an interesting thing to me in general. Okay, but the my my issue with him justifying the envelope story mm -hmm. is that in one scenario, the scenario he told Mm -hmm. She dies immediately if it really was the the dangerous white powder. But in the truthful scenario, she was not in immediate danger because she right. wasn't in the room. Right. And so I'm, I'm like, well, then you're eliciting artificial fear because that's not what happened. Right. And he could have he could have just told what would have what had really happened and done and it. And then and then said in a hypothetical scenario, it could have been so much worse if she was right next to me. That could have yeah. happened. And I'm like, right. you're still delivering the message that you're trying to deliver. But instead, you made it this over. Eh, whatever. Anyway, I don't feel that strongly about it. I feel like I sound <laughs> like I feel really strongly about it. But I'm like, look, point taken. Don't open your mail over your child's body. Which, like, also, who does that either? <laughs> what? Anyway. Topic number two. There is some radio host who I do not know the name of, and I'm not going to look up, who is challenging the WNBA champions, uh, the Las Vegas team, his name I don't also know, to, for a million dollars, if they'll play a game against a championship high school boys team, and if they win, they get a million dollars. If they lose, they have to pay a million dollars to the high school and donate it to the high school. Okay, I have questions because there's a lot of different championships in high school. There's a lot of different divisions. Like, is state, it... I think it was state championship level is what he, he suggested. But either way, my thing is, what the f is the motivation for a guy to have an issue with women's sports this day and Seriously. age like this? Like I, I'm embarrassed to to have to talk about this. Like this, is he is he's upset that the WNBA exists? Is he upset that women want to play? I, I just it's 2023. Why <laughs> was that the way he was delivering it? Because it could also have been delivered in a way of like showing that 
women are strong enough athletes to Oh no 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 oh no 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 he's shame his 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 thesis is that the the women in the WNBA would be uh clobbered by a boys high school team. He doesn't think that they're premier level athletes. Okay, see, here's the thing that annoys me is it's like we've already decided that they're going to be separate leagues. That it's going to be like, there's going to be a women's league and there's going to be a men's league. They exist within different sports, essentially. So why on earth would you ever need to compare them? The women's Mm -hmm. NBA are the best in their sport. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be compared against the men. Like, that's already been decided. It's one of those absolutely nonsensical, stupid things where it's just like, it really does it matter skill level wise if the women compare against the men because they don't compete against each other. Right. It literally does not matter. The women's league, which I'm sorry, okay, this is my massive, massive, it's not even a pet peeve at this point. It actually infuriates me. But if you are going to call a league the women's league, you have to also call the men's league the men's league. It cannot just hmm. be the national league and it's automatically, it's assumed it's men. It should be the national men's league and then the national women's league. Like, it is it is absolutely stupid to me that you have to make the distinction for the women, but you will not make the distinction for men. It happens in clothing as well, where you have the unisex, but then you have the women's version. Like, it's so othering to women being like, you're the abnormality, you're the strange thing in this environment. And it's like, no, men just arrived here first. That doesn't mean that they're the baseline. That doesn't mean they should be considered the standard. It is so, so, so stupid and it infuriates me. And it makes it so I don't actually watch a bunch of sports because I get so riled up about it and mad. Mm-hmm. Either way, there's no reason to compare the women's leagues against the men's league because we've already decided that they are separate entities. So you like Formula Academy versus W Series? Yes. Because that was one of the benefits I saw from it was like, yeah. at least it's not labeling it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I concur. I have nothing to add. Christina, <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> the argument they use to hide their misogyny is always something like, oh, well, public funds go to, to build that stadium or that court. And they, they try and tie it up with the, you know, the public is having to pay for this substandard you know, activity. And really, all they're, they're just mad that, that they're sports broadcasters and they have to report on this. Whatever you know, feeble old white men. Do you so. get mad when the Paralympics start? Like, come on. That makes no. you a, that makes you a horrible person if you're mad when the Paralympics start. So why is it okay for you to be upset when you have to broadcast the women's? You know, like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, the women's leagues, and this is true in mo- the majority of sports, is that the women's leagues would be bringing in money if you spent even a fraction of the money you do on the men's advertising for the women's, if you spent a fraction of that money making sure that there were proper broadcasts that people could easily watch, people cannot fall in love with a sport, with an athlete or a team if they are not shown that athlete and team. You have to mm. know and like a person or a team in order to cheer for them. This is not a chicken or the egg thing. This is not wondering which comes first. It's literally you have to spend money before you will start making money. It is that simple. They're literally just digging themselves a hole, being like, oh, well, people don't watch the Women's League, so we're not going to invest money in it. Like, I'm sorry. That's not how this works. That has never been how this works. You're just using a feeble argument in this case. 
idiots. That's a thin, thinly veiled instruction to me to spend more money on gravel trap advertising. <laughs> Got it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Buck. Don't, <laughs> don't take it that way. <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, those are the only two controversial topics I had. Christina, you had something on uh, F1 drivers and their Meyer Briggs scores or something. Oh man, Do you it was explain that to us. Well, basically, Myers Briggs is a personality test, and it gives you a sixteen different letter combinations that you could be categorized as. And let me let me open up the the main page that I like to use, which is sixteenpersonalities.com. And so your personalities are divided up based on if you are introverted or extroverted. Let me find what else they are. Hold on. Personality test. Maybe it's listed under that. I mean, the homepage has these questions. Do I just start filling those out? Pretty much, yeah. And it's how much you agree or disagree with it. But basically, there are four different personality categories. And you'll be classified on one side of each of them. And after you complete the little quiz, you get a percentage of which side you lean more into than the other. I'm trying to find the page where it actually just says. Yeah. So you have like intuitive and thinking, intuitive and feeling, observant and judging, and then observant and prospecting. So long story short, it divides you up and it just gives you insights on mm -hmm what you're like, what your challenges are. And and one of the big benefits of this is if you know somebody else's personality type, it can help you understand them more. But on Twitter this week, people basically went in and were like, hey, did you know that there's like a list of people in motorsports and their personality types? And obviously this is a general guessing game because unless somebody has done the quiz, them, the quins, unless somebody has done the quiz themselves, you're just guessing from an outsider perspective who they are. And their public persona, like how they present themselves exactly. publicly. So. But still, it was very interesting. So I went and I found a list. And let's let's pick a driver. Caroline, pick a driver. Mm. I'm really curious to see where they put Esteban. Okay. Because I feel like he's kind of a he's kind of a hard one. Okay. Esteban Ocon has been placed in ESFP. So wow, he's see. the exact opposite of me. <laughs> ES ESFP. Let me let me. So he's ESFP, extrovert. ESFP. So he is what is frequently called the entertainer, which seems <gasps> that feels very strange to me. Yeah, but it's extroverted, observant feeling and prospecting personality mm. traits these people love vibrant experiences engaging in life eagerly and taking pleasure in discovering the unknown they can be very social often encouraging others into shared activities so what are you christina i am uh the architect which is intj shut up it me too shut up no Shut the front door. <laughs> because INTJs are like not common. They're not one of the more common ones. I want to say like, they're one of the most uncommon ones. They're the second yes. or the most rare ones. Yeah. I like, remember reading in college, they're like 0.7% of women that take 
this test yeah. are result in INTJs. And I'm like, where are my INTJs at? Fuck, Super you rare. brought us together. <laughs> you are so welcome. This is oh amazing. Gosh. Which is funny too, because we're pretty different. I feel like we're different, but like, it, it presents the same. <laughs> it does. That's amazing. I've only ever met one other female INTJ and she was one of my professors and she was like my favorite, my favorite professor, of course. So that's so cool. Okay. Are any of the, are any of the drivers INTJs? Do we know? Yes. Yes, they Mm. are. Uh, And that is Nikki Lauda. Hey. (laughs) And um, James Vowles. (gasps) I love both of those people. Yeah. It's all making sense. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, That's amazing. What's it. Jensen? Do they have Jensen in there? They should, yes. Uh Jen. I would think he would be in our little INTJ squad. He is E S F J. Oh, so not quite. Yeah. But so close. same extroverted, same J, but the S and the F. And let me find E S F J. Did I say? E S F J. There it is. Uh he's the console. So extroverted, observant, feeling and judging personality traits. These are attentive and people focused and they enjoy taking part in their social community. Achievements Mm. are guided by decisive values and they willingly offer guidance to others. Okay, I'm curious how similar Michael Schumacher's and Max Verstappen's are. Ooh, because I feel like they get they their personalities get compared a lot. Okay, so Michael Schumacher is ISTP. Okay. ISTP, and then Verstappen, ISTP. (gasps) I knew it. I knew it. They are both ISTP. (laughs) And let me find it. ISTP is the virtuoso personality type. There you go. So that is introverted, observant, thinking, and prospecting. They tend to have an individualistic mindset. Pursuing goals without needing much external connection. They engage mm. in life with inquisitiveness and personal skill, varying their approach as needed. Yeah. I definitely feel like from what I've observed from past Michael Schumacher and then what I see in current Max Verstappen, I'm like, I feel like I, I pick up on they're, some very similar vibes. They're so very paralleling. It, yeah. Yes. It doesn't surprise me. And I understand that everybody likes to compare th- Lewis to Michael because of their many, many records that they share. Yes. But uh, when it comes to personality types, I don't feel like Lewis really has Michael Schumacher's personality. And that's not a dig. I think Lewis has a wonderful personality that's amazing for him. But I feel like when I think of similar personalities, I feel like Michael Schumacher and Max's personalities are the most similar. So Lewis is apparently ISFP. So only oh, differing cool, in the close. thinking versus feeling. Mm. An ISFP is the adventurer. That makes sense. So they tend to have open minds, approaching life, new experiences, and people with grounded warmth. Their ability to stay in the moment helps them uncover exciting potentials. That's so Lewis Hamilton. Oh my goodness. That's, That's very so Lewis. Lewis Hamilton. Adventurers are true artists, though not necessarily in the conventional sense. Okay, for our final motorsport person, let's talk about Buck. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just did the test. Yes. I'm an ENFP dash A. What does that mean? Oh, the dash A. Uh, the A and the the A and the T difference is assertive campaigner versus turbulent campaigner. And which is I'm assertive. I'm an assertive campaigner. Yes. A for assertive. I'll, yeah. I'll buy that. Assertive campaigners are somewhat more likely to see themselves as flourishing in life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that individual turbulent campaigners feel unsuccessful. Well, you're thriving, Buck. From what I heard from that is that your life has been and will continue to be thriving. Uh, they are often charming and extroverted. I'll take that. There you go. In the workplace, they are excellent at working in large groups and prefer to make their own something. I'm not clicking on that. Intuitive, okay. feeling, perceiving. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Embrace not... big ideas and actions that reflect their sense of hope and goodwill towards others. There were a lot of questions that dealt with like pondering existentialism. Yeah. I noticed when I just did that quiz, it was, at, you know, do, do I like to ponder the meaning of life? And there were like three or four different questions that, that felt related to that. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, well, it's interesting. That's really cool. Well, this has been so much fun. Absolutely. What a fun uh, offshoot episode week as we get ready for, honestly, it makes sense for us to have a chaotic episode in anticipation of the <laughs> probably most chaotic weekend of the year that we will get here in Las Vegas, Nevada for the Vegas Grand Prix. Honestly, what a year it's going to be for Vegas, but honestly, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been so much fun and we'll see you post Vegas GP next week. And Christina's going to the Vegas GP. So keep your eyes peeled on all of the stuff she does while she's there because I, for one, can't wait to see it. And go to our Instagram and sign up to win one of the three prints of the Las Vegas painting from the old art house. Yes. Contest is open until the checkered flag falls at the end of the race. Boom. Go get your, go get your free art, people. Meow. Made by the incredibly talented Tom. Sorry that I have to bounce, but I feel like we have, there's so much in there. I'm so excited to hear the final product because there's so much in there. Magical. Mystical.